Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Unstoppable. Today's guest is Lou Soriano, CFP and host of The Money Board, which is now here on Kolka Interactive, and we are excited to have you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here and uh, love the studio, and I can't thank you enough for... Uh for the love you've shown to an old guy on Instagram. Oh man, my, we <laughs> love you. Started there. Listen, we we love you. We love you. We saw we saw your stuff on. Uh, it's pretty funny how we linked up, right? We saw your stuff on Instagram. I immediately thought, like, okay, this guy, you got it, man. You you do it cool. Uh, you you have a really good message. Not only is it is it cool and it's fun the way that you do it on the board and whatever, but it's just informative. Like you're out there, you're bringing people value. I loved it right away. And and then we talked and it was like, oh man, I feel like I know this guy forever. I, I felt the same way. And again, thanks thanks for reaching out because when I first started it, it was really out of uh, necessity, believe it or not. COVID hit and it was March or so. Tax season had not quite ended, yep. right? April 15th. Yep. And I was trying to get messages out there. There was a lot of people that were um, you know, concerned about what's to come. I didn't file my taxes yet. I, I need a refund. I just lost a job. I got laid off, furloughed, whatever the case was. And, um, you know, the other concern, too, was, uh, you know, the stimulus money that was coming out. People didn't know if they were eligible for a stimulus check or not. There were all the business programs coming out, PPP, EIDL. So when I started the account, really, it was just to kind of, it was the most efficient way to get that word out to my clients. Yep. And so I was sending email links to that, and that's, that's kind of how it all started. But my wife and kids cringed a little bit in the beginning, and I did too. When I saw myself, I was like, oh, my God, is this going over well or not? But we did it anyway. Yeah, it's always tough to get over that first hurdle, and it's funny yeah. that, like, it is. It's, it's a really easy way to just kind of get your word out there. I mean, that's the whole point of it, right? It's 100%. an easy, easy way to get the word out there, get it. But you started using it as a tool to communicate with your clients and yep. things that, like, get get this message out to the mass, masses better than email or this you figured video would be better 100 percent, it worked it worked well and honestly i learned a lot from the real estate industry yeah i saw so many of um my son's a realtor as you know shout yep. out justin soriano uh, and the o'neill team the, the o'neill team our boys <laughs> over at the o'neill team absolutely so i was so impressed with all of them they were doing it so well um, and, and that led from one thing to another. And I just said, Hey, this is maybe something I could leverage myself for my own practice. And, uh, and it worked out well. And a lot of the things that I share on my, um, you know, Instagram account there and the money board is things that I discuss with my clients when they're up in my office. I'm yeah. usually sketching all this stuff out on a piece of paper. All my clients, um, they know that when they come up to my office, first thing I do is I just get some scratch paper and you know I'm, I'm a visual person so i like to sketch that out i think most people are and um you know i just kind of try to translate that with the whiteboard on uh, on instagram totally and i mean most of the time that's the best way to do it right it's like things that come up during the day conversations you have over and over if one person's thinking it that probably means someone else is thinking it yeah and if you can convey that message and you know, whatever. I'm telling you, the, the the reason why I was attracted to bringing you into Colca Interactive is when you watch your videos, you learn something, and that's the most. Oh, impo- thank you, man. That's the that, most important part of this whole thing. That means a lot to me. I appreciate that because honestly, when you create content, um, there's two things you're unsure about, right? We all have insecurities. I know I do, um, and you're thinking sometimes as you're making this content, like, hey, is this going over well? Are people going to enjoy this? Am I, you know? 
is this going to go over well, basically? Um, and then you get reassured when you get the comments and it's like, hey, I, I watched that video. It helped me out a lot. And thanks to you, I understand this new tax law change or whatever the case might be. So that gives you the energy to kind of like, all right, you know, maybe I am on to something. And, and I like, I think by nature, I'm like an educator and so I probably should have been a teacher. I don't know. Um, but I like doing that. I like cool. doing, I like trying to take a complicated thing and making it simple. So, you know, that's kind of like the, just make it a, not so sophisticated, just break it down. And it's not as hard as you think if it could be explained, um, in an easy way. Yeah. Or you kind of simplify it, organize it and you do a great job of it. So thank you very much for all thank that you, you do. Talk to me a little bit about what Lou does. I mean, talk to me about your practice, wow. what you do and what you work on. So, um, I work with a lot of solo preneurs, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to call them, you know, uh, individuals. Yeah, right? oh man, there's so many. And now, due to COVID, uh, there's more than ever, it seems. So, like, people who had a side hustle, now that's becoming their business. Um, Again, out of necessity. Out of necessity, it was a weird yeah. Year. Everything had to change uh, this year. 2020 has been a crazy year. People had to reevaluate, you know, where they work and how they work. And, um, you know, business models have been questioned and all this stuff. But what I do is uh, primarily work with individual business owners and just, you know, ordinary families, mom and pop, own a house, couple of kids, trying to get them through college. So um, really like grassroots level. I'm not Goldman Sachs. I'm not Morgan Stanley. I'm Lou Seriano CFP, kind of one-man band, but I try to be a, one man, um, a one-stop shop. So. Yeah. And listen, when, when people are – Especially this year, right? So many people are setting up new businesses, setting up setting up new uh, um, services, whatever it is that they're doing. These solopreneurs that are kind of freelancing, whatever um, they sometimes are so excited about starting a business, and I've been there, right? Yep. You're so excited, you want to you want to get out and running, you want to go out, you want to start a business, and you, you're making all that, you're bringing in all this money, and you you're getting checks here, you're getting checks there, and wow, it's working, it's working. And sometimes they stop, and they don't ever stop to think about the tax implications that come with that and setting it up correctly. So you play a huge part in anyone that's trying to set that up, even if they don't realize it. Yeah. And I'm making it a mission seriously to do that, especially with, um, you know, I have three kids. I got twin daughters who are 20. I got a son who's 23. As I mentioned, he's a realtor. Um, he works with Dan, as you know, a mutual friend. And, um, Actually, last year I went and I spoke with Dan. I said, hey, I want to come in and speak with your team because I know you guys are going to kill it, but you got to plan in advance. You know, don't wait until the end of the year when you made, let's say, you know, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, whatever it is, and you thought you had a great year and you did. And then you come in to see your accountant or a guy like me. And you find out you owe thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in yeah. taxes because you didn't do that planning and on where the front are you getting end. It from? And yeah. where you're getting it from, right? So you know that's the thing. So I'm really uh, energized by the young people out there, and I want to help them. So I feel like life is coming full circle. A lot of my clients who are my age, I'm 52, they have kids who are in their 20s, mid 20s, some early 30s. And it's kind of coming full circle, man. Mm-hmm. I, I work with the parents, and now I'm working with, you know, the kids. Which is cool. And mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So I get a lot of energy from that. And besides, I was kind of like that myself. I was a biomedical engineer prior to getting into this business. This was like a side hustle in some respects for me. 
preparing taxes and getting license and you know investments the whole deal um, and then as time went on you know it kind of flip-flopped where like the side hustle became yep. the business and uh, the, the job became the side hustle yeah no, that's, <laughs> you know? it's a common story it's a common story I remember starting out when I was young uh, you know I listen I've been I've been that uh, that that serial entrepreneur since I'm 15 maybe younger right I just I, I just always had it in me but early on you know I mean until probably just a few you know you don't realize you st you never understand ta like the full full implementation of taxes right and what I found and what I finally have learned and what I finally have 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 really come to make a part of my thought process is the most expensive thing the what you're going to spend most on in life more than anything is mm -hmm. taxes yeah <laughs> you that's something buy. we all have in common whether yeah. you have a nine to five or a business Doesn't, we're all trying to get that figured out it right? doesn't matter if you ask and most of the time you ask somebody what the biggest expense in their life is they're going to say oh my house is or my car was or my mm -hmm. and they don't realize that they've spent By 10 far. times more than that in taxes even at a 25 with a 25 year old kid like yeah. you've just spent any job you've ever ever had sales tax the Taxes are the most expensive part of your life, and you really should at least have some sort of base of understanding it. Hundred percent, and and especially when you're getting into business. And I think that I think that what your that mission that you're talking about is a huge one because I think that it's very easy to lose that. You get like I said before, you get excited. You start an Instagram page. You you pop up a website. Yeah. I'm in the e-commerce <laughs> business or I'm, I started a marketing agency. I started the, everybody gets up and running and it's so easy these days to just happens fast, throw up a Facebook page and start getting income. Yeah. But how do you structure that business? How do you, how do you structure that business both from a, from a protection standpoint, as far as an LLC goes in this, but from a tax standpoint, what so are the, important. what are the benefits there? And, and there are a lot of different ways you could structure that. A hundred percent. And a lot of people, you know, think it's going to start slow. And for most people it does for my, you know, and my kids know this, I always say my life is like this, you know, I didn't just blow yeah. up, you know, overnight and, and, uh, still haven't, you yeah. know, by any means, believe me, but some people do, you know, and, um, they didn't plan for that. And even the people who have the, um, they evolve gradually, you know, they, they don't realize like one year to the other, you really have to structure things right. And it, to your point, taxes is a big part of it. And as a CFP, I always like to get two things out of the way before we could even talk about planning and portfolios and all that stuff, and that's insurance and taxes. Because yeah. if God forbid something happens to you, I'm old enough to know, and this year taught us too, a lot of people um, you know, weren't properly protected yeah. on the insurance side, make sure you got that in order. And uh, on the tax side, yeah. so if you're starting a business, okay, what are you doing? Made 20, 30,000, okay, that's fine. You could just be a Schedule C, file it on your personal return. Once you start getting over that point, 30,000, 40,000. Well, now let's start talking about being taxed as an S Corp because right. you're going to save money in self employment taxes. And to your point, you know, we live here in Suffolk County. We have federal tax, state tax. We pay tremendous property tax. You go buy something at the store, um, you know, sales tax. All these things collectively you aggregate all of them. It's a tremendous amount yeah. of, of money. <laughs> you pay. You pay when you get it. You pay when you spend it. You pay, you know. Just, right. Right. It's, it's it's over and over. Um, let's talk about let's talk about structuring a business. I think a lot of people here sure. listening um, probably at some point either has or will 
structure a business and open up a business. And there's a, there's a big leap from being the self proprietor that is going to just show your income on your tax statement as a DBA or, or whatever it might be. Uh And then making that leap into an LLC or an S corp. And they're all taxed very differently. And I think the two most common ones that get confused are the basic difference between what's the difference between the LLC and the S corp. And how would you describe that to a client? Okay. Awesome. So, um, an LLC is a limited liability company and that doesn't save you any money in taxes. So saying, Hey, I set up an LLC and a lot of people do this on their own, which is fine, Mm -hmm. you know, through legal zoom and and things like that. Um, but it's not going to save you any money in taxes if you're set up as an LLC, unless you make the S corp election, which right. is another form 2553. You file that. Now when you're an S corp, you're basically, you know, uh, a corporation. You're a small corporation. That's what the S is for, S corp. Um, you pay yourself a salary. So let's say you make $100,000. I'm just going to use easy numbers mm-hmm. here. You pay yourself a reasonable salary, say uh, 50,000. The other 50,000 is taxed, uh, um, is paid out to you as a dividend or a profit from mm-hmm. the business. Well, the benefit of being structured as an S-Corp is um, you're going to save some money in self-employment taxes, which is 15.3, the FICA taxes, which is your Social Security, your Medicare. And that's the thing that trips a lot of people up by not setting up an S-Corp once they start making over a certain income level. I don't recommend everybody start off as an S-Corp, but um, that's really where the the savings is, is um, self-employment tax. Mm -hmm. So this other portion that I'm describing, you're going to get 50000 on a salary. You're going to pay federal tax, state tax, self-employment tax. But that other fifty, you're just going to pay federal and state taxes on. You're going to avoid 15.3%. So on 100000 it's uh, fifteen grand, right? If yeah. I'm doing my math right, yeah. uh, on the whole thing, that's assuming you do not um, form the CES Corp, probably save about half of that. Okay. If you structure yourself, which is seventy five hundred bucks, just using loose numbers off the top of my head here, don't hold me to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have my board in front of me, um, but with that said, that's significant. I think because you could take that savings, you can do the things that I was talking about, which is make sure you're properly insured, make sure you know you're saving towards retirement. Um, I think that's the other thing I want to mention with the younger generation. I hope they all blow up. I hope they all, you know, and by blow up, I mean that like in, the, in a good sense, right? Yeah. They all do well. Um, and I, I hope, um, you know, they all achieve their dreams. But in the meantime, it's important to plan now. So set up a retirement plan for yourself, especially if you're young. Roth IRA, it's no brainer. Yeah. It's going to be tax for your retirement. Even if you do blow up, you're going to be happy you got that Roth, you know? So that that's the kind of stuff I love to do and talk about, as you could tell, because I don't. Stop talking about them. No, going, it's, it's going. great. It's great. And it, and it totally is important. It totally is important. I'm going to stick on this 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 corporation thing, though, for a second, because uh-huh. I want to understand it a little bit better. And I think that you could shed some light on it for, for me and, and the audience. Right. Tell me the difference between why would someone do an LLC with an S Corp election rather than just going straight into, you know, and for, you know, why, what's the difference between Colca LLC or Colca Inc., right? So right. Why, would they, why would they go straight to the corp? And what are the, what are the tax yeah, differences? Yeah, okay. So, um, well, as I mentioned, so with the LLC, you're not going to save any money in taxes. You're just protecting yourself from, um, you know, legal liability. 
and they can only go after it. And I'm not an attorney, so from a, so this from is a, all like from a tax from, from a tax standpoint, an LLC and S corp are as long as you have the S corp election, then they're one and the same. They're okay. taxed identical. Okay. So you're an LLC taxed as who made the S corp election. So you're taxed as an S corporation. Okay. But I'll use this example, Rob. Maybe this will be easier. So the way I see it, there's like three flavors, right? You got a gig worker. Yep. You got somebody who is like a 1099, yep. like a realtor. They get their income on a 1099. And then you have like a small business owner where they know right out the gate, I'm going to like have a storefront, have employees, something like that. So a gig worker to me is somebody like uh, DoorDash who's going public today and yep. they're like, you know, exploding. That's like there's a whole new gig economy now where people who have nine to fives, they have a side hustle like DoorDash or something like that. Um, you know, they, they are the type that would just file it on their regular tax return. Once they start making over a certain amount of money, I'm using $30,000, $40,000, it may make sense to make the S-Corp election because that's when you're going to save tax. The reason why you don't want to do that right out the gate to answer your question is because there's cost involved. you got to pay to set up this corporation. you got to pay to see an accountant um, every quarter and file quarterly taxes, unemployment taxes, you know, so there's other things involved there. So you got to kind of weigh that out to see if it makes sense. Um, if you know out the gate, you're going to, you know, just get through that, that, yeah, go right away, set up an S-Corp. Um, if you're borderline, even sometimes I tell people set up an S-Corp, and I'll use some of the realtors that I've worked with um, locally, you know, they're just kind of on that cusp. I said, you know what, you should do it. Like, this is like at the half year mark. I said, we should do it now because you still got another six months. You don't know and you don't want to get caught, you know, come tax time um, paying these taxes. So it really depends on the type of work you do. So this gig worker, independent contractor, and small business owner. And sometimes the lines are grade between them. So I'm sorry, it's not easy to no, give a course, straightforward answer. But totally. to save money it. on self-employment That's taxes. what makes it so confusing, right? That's why, yeah. that's why we need people like you. And I got to draw it out on a board. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so now let's talk a, bit, a little bit about S-Corp election versus a C-Corp, right? As yeah. you get into a larger company mm -hmm. and become more of a corporation, you would, you're, you're classed as a C-Corp. Right. And what, what is the difference there? Yeah, so C-Corp is like, you, you know, you're talking about Coca-Cola, yep. or it could be Coca. I don't know if you guys are set up as a C-Corp, uh, possibly. Um, but so the corporation pays tax on its own. When you're an S-Corp, an LLC, even a gig worker who files, um, you know, a Schedule C, you're paying tax on your personal tax return. So it's passed through. These are all passed through entities, whether we're talking about an LLC or an S-Corp, even partnerships, those are passed through. And what passed through means okay, I made this money in business, I'm taking, you know, that income from business, I file a separate tax return in the case of an S-Corp, um, my income and expenses are reported on that, the net profit or loss is reported on my personal tax return. With a C-Corp, that's not the case. With a C-Corp, you're filing a corporation tax return, 1120, that gets um, taxed on its own, and then the profits, if there's profits, right, we're assuming there are, well, that gets passed through to the business owners or the shareholders, and they're paying tax again. So there's a little bit of double taxation with C-Corps, but there's some other benefits there, too. I don't deal with C-Corps. Of course, of course. I'm dealing mostly with the solopreneurs so that I'm talking about. There comes to a point where the benefits outweigh yeah. the you know the double tax, so you would, mm -hmm. you would actually transition to that at some point because, because of those, those other benefits that we're not talking about. Correct. 
Okay. Yep. Very good. When someone's setting up an LLC or or or, um, or a corporate, whatever, they're, they're about to start their business. Um, sometimes there's confusion on who they go to to open this up, right? So right. You can go to a legal Zoom online. We've done it with this, and there's still a lot of legwork for anyone that's ever going to do yep. it or has done it. There's still a lot there, and it seems so simple, but afterwards after you get that paperwork there's some other steps that have to be taken yeah and if they're not taken correctly uh-huh. it's not going to be done correctly so right. for anyone that's thinking about starting it and going to legal zoom take it from my experience <laughs> go somewhere else don't do it right it's just it's very difficult so um having said that accountant versus lawyer mm-hmm. right and i know there's differences in this and and in my opinion you get everybody in a room if you have that luxury right you get everybody in a room you hash it out you tell them what your plans are and they could work it out together right but what are the real different like you're, you're taking it from a tax standpoint you're from a legal standpoint how much do they overlap and how much do you get into that so i i do work with some attorneys mm-hmm. and it depends on the type of business that you're creating like i said i cater more to the mom and pop type businesses or the uh, individual business owners who I love um, because I feel like I'm cut from that cloth. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, where you're taking this side hustle or this like dream and you're trying to build it into something and you may not ever have employees. You may not even have, you know, a physical presence like a storefront. Um, so I deal mostly with them, but with the, with where it overlaps is, and you've made a good point, uh, attorney or, you know, an accountant to set this up or legal zoom, I don't like, and I, I don't want to knock LegalZoom or any of those online things necessarily, but there are extra steps that you have to take. And if you're not aware of that, all of a sudden, yeah. it's like, oh, I set up an LLC and I wanted to be taxed as an S-Corp, but did you make the election and file it? No. And then try changing it later on. And Good try changing it later like, on. you got to call 1-800 number and yeah. get a hold of who knows who and where they are, whatever. Uh, so that's one lane. Then if you're just, and I'm going to just, again, use like a commissioned agent, whether you're an insurance agent, mm-hmm. a, a, a stockbroker, or a, a realtor, you know, you probably don't need an attorney to set that up. You could work that out with yep. a financial planner like myself or an accountant. They could set you up the right way. It's a little more personalized. Now you're setting up, you know, a bigger business, you know, commercial real estate, commercial construction re- company. No, you better get attorneys involved. You better get the whole shebang. Yep. Because that's a little different. So it gets know, a little bit more complex with yeah, entities and holding companies. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So it all depends on on what type of business you're looking to conduct, and um, you know how you plan on starting out. You know, I love I love how you could just hear your passion about solo, <laughs> you know, solopreneurs, these young entrepreneurs coming out of the gate. These guys who are like your son, who are kind of yeah, working as an agent. From. Yeah, working <laughs> as an agent, just kind of out there hustling, grinding, and mm-hmm. then. And like, I could just hear that you're so passionate about it. I'm the same way. Like yeah. I just, I, anytime someone says like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to, I, you know, I'm thinking about making a, a career change. I'm going to this or that. Right. And they want to start like a business. And I'm like the first one to go over and like, oh yeah. Like what, what are you starting? Like, how, how could I help? Yeah. Like, you you know, want to help. Like I just, <laughs> I just want to be dude, in it. That's exactly how I feel. And it's like, I already have my client base, right? Yep. I, um, I, I didn't have to get involved with Instagram uh, necessarily. And I say Instagram because that's really where I put yeah. my content out. Yeah. You know, I have a YouTube channel, you know. Hey, and follow me on YouTube, by the yeah. way. I don't know what camera I'm looking into, but I'm, I'm looking to do deeper dives and do that. And I'm looking to work with you guys yeah. here at to- Calker Interactive a to- little further. Totally and- follow them because all this stuff that we're talking about right now, you dive into, you dive into at like a, a real simplified level of, you know, the, it really, I enjoy Thank watching you. your stuff. So. 
on it. You guys should definitely follow him if you're not already. I appreciate that, but I really feel like it's the younger people that are following me, right? So, and that's who I really am talking to on there. Yeah. I'm not talking to existing clients necessarily, although I'm glad they do, you know, uh, watch some of this stuff and I, they, they uh, comment occasionally. I love that. Um, and I'll tell you what else I love more than anything on, uh, especially with Instagram, when you look at the analytics, right? The insights. I love when I see that there, it was shared or yeah. it was saved more than the likes because sometimes like, you know, people scroll through, they like it. They don't necessarily hit like, but they like it, right? But when you see that they shared it or saved it and they want to refer to that at some other time, you know, that that's important to me. So I'm really trying to cultivate, you know, this younger uh, demo and help them get started in business. And that's, yeah, that's where I get my energy from. And having kids that age too, well, as a parent, right? That's what you live for. You want to do the right thing by them. And, um, that, that's where it comes and from. That, and that's, what's cool. You see, you see your son, you see their friends, you see their people they're working with coming up and doing their thing and kind of mm -hmm. starting to grow. I could imagine as dad, that was probably one of the best feelings. Now, how old is your son? 23. 23. So right out of the gate now, he's he's a real estate agent for how long has he been doing? You know, it's hard to believe. I think it's a going on two years. It's wow. a little shy of two years. But he started with Dan O'Neill right out the gate. That's awesome. And, um, you know, they have a great crew. Um, they have fun doing it. They have fun doing it. So and I got to know these. It. And I, I, I was going to say I get to know these kids. They're not kids. They're young adults, right? Yeah. But I got to know Jake and I know John. Brianna, Queen Bee, Brianna, right? Uh, all of them. And the, and the crew is getting just bigger. George. Yeah. I, I, I really feel like um, I have to look after them in some way. And, and that's like a different, you know, being a little older guy, I want to do the right thing by them. Not only are they my son's colleagues, even if they weren't, I promise you, I treat them the same way. And uh, I want to see them all succeed. You know, and it's, it's funny. First of all, those guys are great, right? We could talk yeah. about them all day. They're a great, great crew. They're very, uh, their, their, their energy is just kind of, it's inspiring and it's mm -hmm. contagious and they're great guys, right? Yep. Um, but it's funny because I'm sitting here and I'm listening and really there's a ton that I'm sure you've taught Justin and some of the other guys and the, you teach them and you try to mentor them and you try to guide them, but they're teaching you too, right? Oh man! Right, Who are you uh, which is cool. I learned so much from even you, Rob. Honestly, I, I follow you guys, and I'm like, I'm so impressed. Because listen, again, not harping on it, but being in my 50s, right? When I was in my 20s, my parents were like, "Hey, make sure you get a job, and when you get a job, <laughs> yeah. you keep that job. You stay there 30 years. You get your benefits." You young guys are like, "Screw that! Yeah. I don't want a job." I don't want to be tied down. I don't want that glass ceiling as far as a salary goes. I don't want to be told when to come and go to work uh, or where to work. And, you know, it, it was tough for me even to kind of wrap my head around that when it came to my own kids yeah. or with Justin specifically. But now I fully support it, encourage it. And I'm like, listen, dude, you got to do this now. Take your chance now. Definitely. Don't try to straddle the line and do both because you're given half effort. And, and honestly, early on in my career, that's what I was doing. Um, and, and at some point, you got to just, you know, say, no, I'm going to go for it now. I said, worst case, five years from now, it's not working out. You're 27 or 28. You're still very yeah. young. You could always switch gears. You and, know? and what's funny, I'm a, I've always been a risk taker, right? And things have sometimes worked out very well and things sometimes have worked out very poorly, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, like, you just kind of pick up the pieces wherever. But... 
I've always told my dad this, and I probably don't tell him enough, and I'll, tell, I'll say it one more time uh, in front of everybody, but one of the things that I always knew, and I'm sure there's a, there's a sense of this in, in your house as well or, or you know, with, with your relationship with your son, was my dad always had his own business, right? And mm-hmm. I always knew that I could go out there, and whether I knew it consciously or it was just back there real deep, um, I always knew that I almost had this safety net. That if, I, that if I screwed up real bad, I could always go work for my dad, right? Yeah. Or like I could always, like I'll always have dad there to help me out. And, I'll right. always have, and I'm sure a, a ton of people have that. And, yes. You know, and, and, and parents support their kids. But I just, from my personal standpoint, like I always knew I had that. And it made it easier for me from a young age. And I don't know if that is the same with your son or this, but the fact that you're- I hope so. And, but it, that's, and that's a blessing, right? Yeah, totally. But, you know, here's where like, it's kind of tough too, right? So I grew up in Brooklyn, grew up in Brentwood, went to high school in Brentwood, now living in Smithtown. So, you know, I have these different experiences where like my son has one experience, born and raised in Smithtown, right? Blessing, Um, has supportive uh, parents. My Mm -hmm. wife works her ass off too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blessing, right? So he could go out there and take these risks and hopefully he succeeds. Um, But I always want him to kind of learn it's hard though when you don't go through it yourself you know what I mean it can never you can never replicate the experience you know uh, I mean we try to teach him as parents you know my wife and I uh but I know it's baked in there yeah it's just you know and it surfaces from time to time and I hear people say oh my god your son this and I'm like oh really yeah. it's like oh he heard that story he listened you know yeah. so um yeah that's that's it's what cool. it's all about it's cool I'm gonna tell a story that um that I've told a couple times and I'll tell it again but I think that you'll really appreciate it. I might have even, did I tell you? I might have already told you about the my, my experience when I was younger and, and candy machines and my dad helped me start a business. No, okay. but I heard this, tell okay. this story. I uh, heard gonna, it on one of your other podcasts. Okay, okay, all right. So people are probably sick of hearing it, but I'm going to tell it again anyway, awesome right? Awesome story. 14 years old, right? And um, I want a job. I want to do something. I want to I get out there. I want to get going. And my dad was like, like, all right, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I just, you know, I don't know. I want to make money. I want to, I want to work somewhere. He's like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. Love he, he sat with me and he said, we're going to start a business together, right? This is what I want to do. We had a whole plan. We hashed it out. We we're going to buy candy machines, right? These candy machines are, they sell them in Hop. It was actually somewhere in the industrial park. Uh, I don't remember the name of the place. I wish I did, but we go to, we go to, we go to this place and I, I'm 14 years old and I go into the conference room and he's like, all right, these candy machines are X amount of dollars a piece. And we need to get, you know, I guess they were 200 and something dollars. We need to get 50 of them for $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to negotiate with this guy who's going to come in and he's going to tell us this is what they're worth and we need to negotiate it down. It's your job to get it under $10,000. If we get it under $10,000, wow. I'll buy them for you today. Wow. So now I, I walk in there and I'm like, you know, like, oh, all right, fine. Now I'm, I'm walking into this, this office building with <laughs> people and cubicles and the receptionist right. and it's very intimidating for of a 14-year-old course. kid. Yeah, yeah. And they truck me, okay, come on in, Mr. Mule, and blah, blah, blah. They truck us down and we go into the conference room and now we're sitting in the conference room and I remember sitting there and kind of the anticipation of someone coming into the room. This guy comes into the room and we sit down and he starts giving me his whole pitch. He brings out the brochures, tells me the difference. This is these machines there. And for you guys who don't know, it's a candy machine. You put in a quarter, you turn the dial, (laughs) out comes a handful of M&Ms, right? M&Ms, Mike and Ike. I don't even know if they have those around anymore, but back then this is is what it was, right? Uh So he tells me, okay, and this is the price tag on if you want 50 of them. And we're like, you know, and it was my job to say, well, you know, it's a little bit much. I don't know if I can make my money back and this right. and that, and that. You know, we're going to donate some of the money to charity and then. But, you know, I, I really think that I need it for this. And could you do this? And, uh, you know, it was, it was like 
back and forth, back and forth. Finally, he goes, he speaks with his manager, comes back, and sure enough, we got it for 50 candy machines, $10,000. My dad, I'll never forget, took out his American Express, wow. and he bought them for me. And at amazing, the time- at Amazing the, life lesson. Right? Totally. And at the time- I had no clue, right? I right. didn't I didn't realize it. Like to me it was just kind of like, all right, this is kind of fun. This is kind of cool. Like I didn't realize the the how substantial it was to take a risk like this. I mean, $10,000 is a lot of, you know, it's $10,000. It's a lot right? of money now. You know, yeah, my dad didn't yeah, my dad <laughs> it wasn't like my dad had money to burn, you know, like right. it just it, we were fortunate enough that he could take a risk like this, but it was still a risk, right? And um and he decided so we we did it and he sat me down. And he said, "Okay, here's the deal. We now have these 50 new candy machines." It's your job to go out and speak to the dry cleaners, the the the, the auto body place of this, and you have to explain to them that you'd like to put this in there, mm -hmm. and to do it, you're going to donate a portion of this money to charity, right? Right. So portion of the money to charity, so 25% went to charity, 25% went back to my dad to pay down my debt, mm -hmm. and the other 50%, you know, I had to pay for whatever, so maybe 25% went to inventory, and then 25% was left over for me. But every single month, he wow. would go and he'd make me keep my revenue so i'd have machine one through machine how, how long do you do this i did this for about uh, two years <laughs> right and then i gave it to my brother my brother did it right so so i would I'd keep my revenue right and every single month and he make me keep these spreadsheets i'm like come on dad i don't want to do this like right. who cares but he made me every single and like sometimes it was like you know a dollar fifty out of this machine you know but he made me every single month, I'd right. say, machine one did this, machine two did that. And then we'd look over it. Machine three isn't really performing well. We should move it. We should this. And he'd make me kind of look how we could do better, how we uh -huh. could save money. And at the end of the year, it was, I did X amount of dollars in revenue. This is how much Amazing. I, this is how much I paid back in debt. These were my donations. This was my inventory and, and my cost of goods sold. Right. And this was my profit. And he showed me how to keep books for a business without even me realizing like this was my job. And at the end of the month, sometimes I had four, five, 600 bucks to put in my pocket Awesome. from, from these candy machines. And he literally taught me how to run a business with candy machines for $10,000. I look back, I never went to college. I never, the, like wow. that was my education was this just kind of like hustle and The best and education, real life education. Yeah. And I'm listening very carefully. So your dad is the man, number one. Thank number you. two, like there was a life lessons. He was like Mr. Miyagi, right? Yeah. Like, wax yeah, off, yeah, wax yeah. off. You don't know why you're doing all yeah. this stuff and spreadsheets, but you learn so many valuable lessons. Yeah. And a lot of that is even uh, Robert Kiyosaki, right? Rich yeah. Dad, Poor Dad. Totally. That book changed my life. Totally, me too. Uh, the E-Myth also by Michael Gerber. Yeah. I don't think I that book, E-Myth for Entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. The E-Myth is that like, oh yeah, you start a business, you just get success. It's like, no, the e-myth is like, no, just because you're really good at like uh, baking pies doesn't mean you could own a bakery. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. But your dad taught you a lot of the lessons that, and again, I'm listening carefully, like the movie The Karate Kid, like the e-myth, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You kind of got all those lessons yeah. in um, that one experience. Yeah, so, I, was, I was also told, he also told me to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that was a huge, that, listen, anybody. Did you read it? I did. I've been telling my son, Justin, read, you got to read, read this it, book. Read it. Read it. Listen, <laughs> I tell everyone. I like carry extra copies around. I just start handing them out to people. I used right? to give them out. Yeah. Yeah. I made Mark Keller read it one time. Like I was like, you yeah. got you to gotta read the Like I made, I made multiple people in this office read this book. And yeah. It's just, it's one of those things that when you're done reading it, mm -hmm. you understand things differently. You just see yeah. the things differently. Right. They, and, and it could potentially be life changing, like in yeah. a very real way, because there's tangible lessons there. Just like you're talking about your dad 
you know, these are the kind of lessons they're talking about in these books. Yeah. And I know the younger generation, they're used to just Googling stuff and no. Googling stuff. Sometimes you just got to sit your ass down and read a book. And you know you what I mean? Listen, if you don't <laughs> want to read it. It comes across different. You learn differently by doing it. If you yeah. don't want to read it, listen to it. I've, yep. I've audiobooks. Awesome. Too. I am huge on audiobooks. I, I used to do a lot of work out in uh, Pittsburgh, right? I did a lot of work in oil and gas before I was here at Colca. I had a, I had like a three or four year period where most of my business was in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and I would drive to Pittsburgh and I would drive to Philadelphia and I would drive to Pennsylvania wow. all the time. Sometimes, you know, there and back same day. And I would just, I have so much road time that I would spend a lot of time listening to books and it became a habit of mine to listen to books. Yeah. Now, and I listen to them and then I buy a copy of them because I always want to go back and reference them. Right. But listening to the books is just as good. Yeah, you kind of get in the zone and there's a lot to be said. There are a lot of really good books out there. There's a lot of really bad books too, right? Yep. And you can learn from them, right? But like there's a handful of books that I would say like if you want to get like into- Like staples, right? Yeah. Like you got to- Go through one, two, and three. Totally. You got to read these books. Good to great, rich dad, poor dad. All these yep. other, you know, um, there's a, there's a there's a couple. Of them. Rich dad, poor dad being the one though, like yeah. the staple. And any, I mean, I I had a feeling real estate was my end game after reading Rich Dad Poor Dad. I knew real estate was my end game. Uh, I just always knew, and even when I wasn't doing it and it wasn't right. actively, I always I had houses, I had this, I yep. you know I had small stuff. But that book made it clear, right? Yeah, but and even when I wasn't, even if my path was going this way, I always knew at some point it was coming back to right. real estate, right? Um, and I and it and I think that book had a ton to do with it, uh, and I think I, I think everyone should read Justin. Get the book. I'm sending you a copy. <laughs> Your dad's going to leave here with my copy. He's going to make you read it um, yeah. because everyone should read it. It's, yeah. it's really and, important. And, and again, being, you know, old school, I like to like, you know, bend the pages, the dog ears, yeah. and like I reference stuff. I used to underline yeah. stuff. And totally. that's how I retain information yep. anyway. So, yeah, those those books were uh, were amazing and, uh, yeah, life-changing really, for sure. Really, yep. really cool. Well. Listen, I think we could probably talk for days because Absolutely. I love talking to you, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to cut it off, right? Because yeah. I'm going to invite you back one time and we're going to have even more conversations, I'd love but to. thank you very much for being here. Everybody, look out for Lou, follow him, check him out on Colca Interactive, the money board. What's your Instagram handle? Where can people follow you? Um on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Lou Soriano CFP. Very simple. So same handle, Lou Soriano CFP. Awesome. Love this guy. He's the man. He's fun. He's entertaining. Oh, Thank you. He does these graffiti-style whiteboard yeah. presentations. <laughs> you see that. Yeah, <laughs> and, they, and they look good, man. They look good. And uh, you should definitely, he, he has a really cool way of simplifying things. So thank you. Keep it up. Thank you, sir. Thanks keep for on, having me, man. Keep on, I appreci- out, I keep on putting it. out that good content. <laughs> um, we love it, and uh, and we, we appreciate seeing you. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank <laughs> you.